This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. It is Tuesday now at the US Open and we come to you at an unusual time for us, Catherine Whitaker. I don't quite know what we're doing. Tennis hasn't even started, so you may as well go and listen to last night's show, in which, incidentally, Catherine does an impersonation of Andre Rublev. Don't miss that. Um, but the reason we are here at basically lunchtime with Pablo Carina Buster against Diego Schwartzman just starting is because we have, Catherine a very very special guest on the show with us she's sitting right there just you know let me just tell you who this person is very quickly not only is she a former tennis player she's also a broadcaster on tennis she has worked for cbs nbc now the tennis channel she's covered the summer and winter olympics for more than 20 years and she is responsible for describing the men's double luge as a bar bet gone bad (laughs) which is a personal i'm still getting work that's it is amazing. Mary Carrillo, everybody, who is somebody, if you've been listening to the Tennis Podcast over the last few months, you will know, whisper this quietly, but she's a bit of a hero of ours, isn't she, <laughs> Catherine Whitaker? And, and she's sitting right here at the same table. She certainly is. And uh, tennis aside, I need to get all of your intel on the luge because I'm covering the Winter Olympics next you? year and know nothing about the luge. Oh, it's just absolutely, you are going to love it. It's the, one of the most ridiculous people. People just sit at bars and invent things to do in co- on cold winter nights. It's like fastest guy down the hill on skis, on on trays. On like that's what the luge is all about. You you will love it. And I have to say, I am a long time listener, first time caller, and I I love your show. I really do. And I, I need to hear your Andre Rublev imitation because I can go days without hearing an Andre. L- Rublev imitation. Not anymore, you won't. Not anymore. Was it good? It it took me aback, I tell you. I mean, you know, I'm kind of the impersonation person around here. I do my Goran Ivanisevic. I do one or two others that Catherine tries to stomach, but this one took me by surprise. It bears bears similarities to my other impersonations of Russian men. I will admit that. It is a niche kind of a thing. It's very niche, yeah. I, I can't do it on demand, oh, but let's see, if, let's see if it comes out at some stage. Yeah, you never know. Uh, Mary, how, how on earth did you get 
working on luge? Well, that's an, that's a very fair question. I because like the idiot I am, if people say to me, "How do you feel about covering this?" I always say yes. I do dog shows. I do cat. I, I Let's do, talk more about the dog shows, Mary. I do. I I will. I am very curious. I'm very interested. And my attitude is, if I can't do it, I'll get the tap on the shoulder and they'll throw me out, you know. But invariably, how, are you interested in, in covering the Winter Games? Are you interested in figure skating? How do you feel? You know, do you speak Mandarin? Yes, of course I do. Who doesn't? I like saying yes, and that's what I do. And I've covered, I'll be in uh, South Korea, God willing. South Korea still exists next February uh, for my 14th Olympic Games. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was around, and by the way, Juan Martín del Potro, we're, we're looking over at the grandstand court. I loved the old grandstand here for a long time. I know some of the players didn't like it because of the shadows. I thought it was an ups, absolutely fantastic court. Juan Martín del Potro made me cry yet again. He made me cry in Rio last summer at the Olympics. He, makes, he just makes, he makes people cry. I absolutely love that man. That's been my favorite story of the first week. He made me cry. I mean, it was a combination of David's he commentary and del Potro, but I, I cried. I can't attribute... He provoked it. But He's a I, remarkable I man. That that comeback. I feel badly for team. I spare a thought for him, but one yeah. more team, man. How did, I mean, there was what was interesting was listening to Del Potro's press conference last night. He he basically said after the second set, I was going to retire. Yes. And the, and I felt as though the crowd wouldn't have that. Yeah. And and I looked into the crowd and I thought, all right, I'll try. You know. And I mean, because he was barely moving in those first two sets. He won three games. I mean, I I, I wrote at the time. You know, it's this is not pleasant to view. No. This, this is uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. And then again, but again, the, the, the support. I mean, this is a very noisy city. These are my people. I'm a chick from Queens. I grew up about 20 minutes away from here. And they, a, apart from the, the big guys like Federer and Nadal, nobody gets more pull in New York than Juan Martín del Potro. And, and he just, it was, it was a beautiful thing that he could meet the moment like that, that he decided to play on. Um, He's, he's just a remarkable fellow. I find him... I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and I said to him, do you miss your backhand? Because he's had so many wrist surgeries. And he just, for a guy who hit so hard, he, you know his, how softly he speaks, he said, I miss it very much. I used to hit winners from my backhand, and now I cannot. So I have had to run harder to hit more forehands. Isn't that lovely? Just, you're just missing a South American accent, and this could be an, it's impos- not my Rube, an, an impersonation I can't do show. <laughs> you say apart from Federer and Nadal, Mary. Yes. Does that mean you think? Fed- I'm assuming that's going to be the night session match tomorrow Ooh. night. Does that mean you think Federer will have the support? I no. I think it'll be divided. I, first of all, there are some there are sometimes when pe- two people walk on the court, and one of them is very booable. Neither one of those two is booable. I mean, I think I think Juan Martín, especially because of the effort he put in. To be team to get to Federer, I think he'll he'll feel a lot of love. But again, they're both. I, it will be a very noisy match. That's my prediction. Well, I was going to say will win certainly, uh, only because how much can Juan Martín possibly have left after that? But I mean, this is a guy again when he beat Djokovic at Rio and they hugged at the net, and and they were both and and then he beats Nadal and they hugged at the, this guy. He's he's my kind of guy. I like that stuff. Remember it, it, at the French Open this year, he's playing. Uh, Almagro, who go, is it Almagro, right? Almagro goes down with the knee. He goes over to the net, rubs Nico Almagro's belly to comfort him, and said, and and what he said to him, here's Almagro weeping uncontrollably, and he says to him, it's it will be okay, it will be okay. Think of your wife and your new baby. 
I mean, come on, kids. I'm, I'm filling up now. I know. So, yes, I think it'll be a tremendous match. I expect that Raj is going to take it, but um, I'll be here. I'll be here for that one. Yeah, we'll be here for that one. Uh, so we're going to get the Nadal-Federer then, you think? We, we like our predictions on this show. Well, I, if, uh, yes. I do think they're both playing a lot better. They were both pretty patchy first couple of rounds, pretty spotty stuff. But I think Nadal gets Rublev, although Rublev is, as, as you know, you're a Russia expert, I'm, I'm assuming, at this point, Catherine. That guy's good, and he's kind of patternless. You don't really know what's happening with him. And, and Nadal is one of those beautiful guys who will tell you he's nervous. No, I've never heard somebody more candid in, in a press conference than Rafa. He's more than willing to admit, you know, when he's shaky. I also, by the way, loved when Muguruza, she doesn't say it anymore, but I interviewed her on the court uh, when she won the French Open last year, and she explained how nervous she was, which is an unbelievable word. And now this year she's not nervous anymore. She's nervous, which isn't even close to the same emotion. It's like when Rafa said, it's complicated. It's complicated. I yeah. love the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Araja Sanchez Vicario was the greatest. So, I hated when her English got better because she was unbelievable. Oh, well, Roland, God, this is, of course, my glang slang event of all of the events. This is, you know, yeah. She said when she lost, when she, when she used to lose, she'd say, what you can say, what you can do. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lost. It's the greatest. When she got to the quarters of Wimbledon for the first time, because she hadn't been playing much on grass or doing well, she comes in, and before anybody asks her a question, Arancha Sanchez-Vicario says, I am very happy, where am I? <laughs> now that was an interview. <laughs> oh, come back, Arancha. I need to experience this, and well, I feel yeah. like I am. Yes, exactly. So anyway, but Rafa, I think he might be a little nervous to start that match with Rublev, and then I think... He gets to meet Raj in the in the semis. He has been so nervous, has, yes. hasn't he? he yeah. it, it, I mean, spectacularly nervous. He and he and Roger both. Yeah. I think for for the two most decorated male tennis players of all time, have been unbelievably nervous. Well, I this think tournament. They, they, they probably both know that they're not quite where they would want to be before the tournament. And plus, this really matters because it's never happened here, exactly. doesn't it? I mean, you know, do you remember in two? I think it was two thousand and eight when Don King was up there hailing the 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 grapple and the apple uh, which uh, i actually i actually interviewed yeah, him we do that here we do that around here i managed to interview him moments after andy murray beat nadal and ruined the whole narrative and i found him a, a, a little worse for the wear in in, uh, in in a corridor and i said don um you know i'm from bbc radio in the uk i know you haven't got what you want here but is there any chance you could give a little turn to what andy murray against federer might be in your words and he, he came out with 007 and all sorts of stuff oh so. yeah oh he can make stuff up for you yeah he doesn't have a problem with that i i just i just, look i love the australian open every single day we had great storylines at the australian open french open obviously rafa wins it without dropping a set wimbledon Raj wins it without dropping a set. I don't know if they get to the semis. We'll see the glistening tennis that those two produced in the last two majors for themselves. But I want to see it anyway. I want to see what happens. Do you think they'll wheel out Don King? I mean, this is a... Wheel out. Assuming it happens. Is, he is still alive, right? I haven't I just so, dropped yes. an absolute clanger. No, no, He's no, still no. alive. He's still breathing, yes. Um, <laughs> this is a... It, it, has, it hasn't happened yet. We don't know it's going to happen. But assuming it does, it is an enormous deal for this tournament, isn't it? I mean, they've had a, a Federer Nadal-sized chip on their shoulder for yes. the past decade. Yes, that's very true. And, and obviously... 
I, on the other side, here, Sam Querrey, if Murray hadn't dropped out, uh, Sam Querrey probably wouldn't be having the tournament he's having. He would have been up at that at that section of the draw too. All kinds of all kinds of nutty things have happened. It's been in some ways a real wackadoodle U.S. Open. But the storylines now, I think, are very compelling. Do you, do you like that though? That that wackadoodle USO. I can do wackadoodle. I can do I can do wackadoodle. I mean, I, some days that means it's bad, but I think now t- coming towards you know, we're 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 coming towards the finish line. I think, I think the stories will be pretty good. I don't like when an entire half of a draw falls away. If that's your question, that doesn't do me an awful lot. Of, unless the stories are great. Unless it's some. 497-year-old veteran who's come back. There's a lot of comeback stories. Or it's some... Kid. And Misha Zverev's out. And Misha's... <laughs> and good old Misha's out. Yeah, he didn't really come good on that one. But, no, there have been great comebacks. It's all about comebacks at this tournament. As an American, Mary, what are your feelings about Sam Querrey? I like Sam a lot. I mean, he's just this very laconic surfer dude of a guy. And now, all of a sudden, he's he seems to be putting it together. He's He played great the last couple of Wimbies and now he's 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 one of those guys who's like Kevin Anderson he's playing better as he's aging do you think he's been concealing all these years how much he cares and fights or do you think he cares and fights more now than oh, he, he did before he's def- this is a different guy from I've known Sam I'll, I don't know him well but I know him long I mean this isn't a guy who you know used to knock himself out in practice and stuff he's he's pretty laid back pretty laid back dude so I'm glad to see and he's a nice guy isn't it? And when he's when he's playing well, it's it's pretty it's pretty spectacular. And he likes to dance with men wearing horses' heads. So what's not to like? So that he gets extra credit for that. And has appeared in a in a celebrity dating show. So he's ticking all the boxes. <laughs> during, during which, if you're detecting a slight anti towards Sam Crow, it's because during that show he expressed a, a dislike of British women. Did he really? He did. What yeah. did he say? He said, and he heard your Rublev imitation. <laughs> took not at the time. <laughs> we'll, we'll, revi- we'll revisit his what feelings. What did he say? For, I'm surprised. He doesn't usually. He ruled out British women oh, as a as a as a life partner just really? in one sweep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, not happy with that. Big. He goes big. <laughs> go big. Go home. It's in. It's out. It's over. That's our guy. Yeah. Well, anyway, he, is he coming through? Is he going to be a finalist here? I think he's going to be a semi-finalist. Who's, so he plays Anderson, right? He plays Anderson, yeah, then the winner to play Schwartzman or Karina Busta. Well, Schwartzman's hurt. I, I can't imagine him getting past uh, Karina Busta. So yeah, I think he could. I think. Uh, I think he, I who would who would the American who would the New Yorkers go for if you've got Sam Query against either Nadal or Federer? Ooh boy, that's that. My answer is going to be better than your question, David. I'm not sure. I think. Again, you don't go against you don't go against Roger here. I don't think there'll be anyone who hopes Roger. Even the even the Juan Martín del Potro fans don't want to see Roger lose. They just want to see Juan win. <laughs> and of course, that's a bit inconvenient. It is <laughs> tragically that that's not how the game works. But um, yeah, Roger, everybody. I mean, because everyone knows that you know, he can't do this forever. He's not, he's not going to be around forever. I mean, he. I have never seen anyone walk so lightly on this earth than Roger Federer. Not just on the court. Just off the court, oh, the, you know, doing interviews in four different languages. He loves it, doesn't he? Practicing with the, the little kids, and he's—he—I've never seen any, and I've gotten to meet a lot of athletes in other sports for many years now. I'm elderly, I've never seen anyone so so right with his life. What puts him in a bad mood? I wonder. Well, David claims he even likes airports. 
Okay, okay, that's where I draw the line. All of a sudden, I've turned on him. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I honestly, every bit of him, he sort of bends time. To, and I've never seen him truly rushed, uh, rude. You know, all the things that I admire in New Yorkers. Um, <laughs> everything that we well, yet they like him. I don't get it. I know they really do. Well, I how can you? He's really. I've I, I love the podcast you two did on Roger after Wimbledon. It it just it's. I, again, I, I know I'm, this is the only sport I'm at all fluent in for all the sports I cover, but I've still never seen anybody who, who lives his life the way this particular athlete does. Yeah, no, I, I share that view. Uh, women's draw is, is equally fascinating to me. I mean, last night, Madison Keys finally won a match without just redlining by hitting sidelines and she you know she I, I got the sense that Lindsay Danport is sitting there thinking finally I, I've been I've been telling her this for five years <laughs> finally she's going for big spaces and not trying to just hit winner after winner yes I Lindsay I get to work with Lindsay at Tennis Channel and I adore her and I think she's a very good analyst and a very good coach and the, it's hilarious watching so when Maria Sharapova was still in the mix here she consigned her agent Max Eisenbud to the nether reach. I mean, he wasn't even in the same borough as the U.S. Open. You know, he had to sit way the hell up at the top because Maria doesn't like the way he, he acts during her matches. He sits right next to Lindsay for Madison's matches because he's Maddie's coach as well. This guy is, you have to, if you have a choice, you have to try to sit next to them at these matches. It's unbelievable what comes out of Max's mouth. And, you know, like Lindsay's what? not allowed to coach, obviously, except in the WTA events. But Max feels very comfortable just giving, giving all manner of coaching and advice and exhortation. And uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, but Lindsay's been worried, I think, about Maddie's form because it's been uneven. It's, you know, but she came last night the la- winning the last four games and especially with her reconstructed wrist to win it on a backhand down the line winner. That's, I think, I just saw Lindsay. I just left her. Um, I think that made her very happy and very proud. And, and I think she wins. I think, I think. Madison gets to her first U.S. Open semi. I think she can actually... Maybe she's not the favorite to win the whole thing. I thought Muguruza was going to win, so what, what do I know? No, we, we did too. We all yeah. did. I went to sleep last night feeling safe in the knowledge of my Muguruza, Svitolina, Zverev, Dimitrov final predictions. That well, let me, ask, let me ask you to this. Who's the comeback player of the year on the women's side? Is it Kvitova or is it Sloane Stevens, or is it Madison Keys if she wins the U.S. Open? I mean, I, it's... There's a lot again. There's a lot of the theme. I mean, Venus is sort of a permanent comeback. Exactly, playing in her twentieth U.S. Open. I mean, come on. It's a. I think that's an interesting, an interesting thing to debate. Sure is. Discuss the comeback open. The comeback. I mean, if Venus wins it, that is one of the most extraordinary achievements in tennis. I mean, that's just unreal. I think it has to be Venus if she wins it. The rest is up for debate. Okay. I think. Hold on a minute. Petra Kvitova got attacked in her own home by a knifeman. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, okay, I take it back then, yeah. <laughs> slow, <laughs> slow. Yeah, slow I mean, Stevens the, the, had a leg the, and a boot about yeah, the, the, six the, months back. The, the, when she I've was ranked two billion in the world last month. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I see Petra Kvitova at this um, US Open, what, what I think of is her. She's, she's never put it in these terms, but it's her having. What I saw is a panic attack on the court at Wimbledon against Madison Brengel in the, in the second round. Having played a very good match in the first round, having won Birmingham, 
it was all coming very thick and very fast and it was all this wonderful fairy tale story and then suddenly it was almost like agoraphobia you know it was was, I'm putting these words in her mouth but that's what it looked like to me and and us all going oh it's this beautiful fairy tale comeback story she's put all that adversity behind her and you realize it's not behind her she's playing with it every single day this guy's still out there none of us can really understand um what that means for her mentally but it's not a triumph over adversity it's living with adversity every single day it's the monica sellers thing i mean monica came back she played here got lost in the final to Steffi Graf. Then she played in January the following year, won one more major after the stabbing. But what was great about Monica, what I still think she's the best match player I've ever seen. I watched an old an old U.S. Open match of hers on Tennis Channel last week. In the first set, she had something like 22 winners and two errors. I mean, she, Vina, Serena, Serena Williams idolized her. Serena hits 22 winners. She also hits 18 errors in, in sets like that. I mean, Monica, Monica played without fear. Every ball she struck was fearless. Then this guy stabs her in the back, and all she had after that was fear. It was That, to me, was the hardest thing to see. And, and I got to think Kavita still wakes up with night sweats, still wakes up, you know, uh, with some terror in her. So, yes, maybe, she, maybe we do have to give it to Catherine, the comeback player of the year. I hate to do that. Yeah, me too. I mean, that just doesn't feel good. But right. we may have to. If, if Kvitova wins the Open, we, that she gets it. Basically, whoever wins the Open. It gets the comeback player. Yeah. There. Paul Sloan-Stevens is in a pale third, isn't she? <laughs> if not fourth. Not if she, not if she wins. Ten months in, in, right? I mean, she had a bionic foot there for a yeah. while. It was kind of in a, in a Boris Becker-esque yes. kind of, uh, I don't know what was going on, but it was dramatic. Yes, it was. She was doing stuff for the Tennis Channel, she wasn't was. she? She really was. What was she, she doing? She, so Sloane had a couple of months where she she was doing some studio work for us up in, in, in Los Angeles. She came to the Charleston event, and did, and she asks things like, it would never occur to me to ask, you know. you know she, and, and so that's kind of fun. We, we have uh, Bethany Maddox-Sands, uh, who's also recovering from, from dr- that dramatic Wimbledon that that horrible a future comeback player of the year she could be a yeah you have to go through tennis channel it's all part of the process you know and then we send you back off <laughs> off you go out of the nest once more but they're nice because they're current and so they have a nice sense of the locker room they have a they have a, a different you know they can ask player questions that i would i would not even it would never even occur to me to ask you know dating questions like things like that so, so that's what they bring anyway so there you go that's all I know. We don't ask enough dating questions exactly. on the podcast, David. I don't, we've done 340 episodes. I don't <laughs> think we've done one yet. I mean, what we, who are we going to ask? I, I don't know anybody. So I, I'm, not, we're I'm, not, I'm not very good at the old gossip. Yeah. Anyway, you're not, are you? No. 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 Catherine comes up and says, have you got any gossip? I'm like, no. Yeah, Dave Levy texts us all the time and says, what's the gossip? And yeah, our good friend. Yeah. But anyway, not to worry. Yeah. Mary... It's been lovely to have you with us. It's, it's a, uh, as I said, I'm a big, big fan of this podcast. So, let's uh, dis- thank you for having me. Let's discuss later about some sort of dog show podcast. Oh, they are they dog are show slash luge slash figure skating. Oh, yeah. I also do the kitten bowl every year. The what? The what kitten is that? bowl goes on. It goes up against a, a, a slightly larger event, the Super Bowl, and and I, I do it for Hallmark Channel. We go up against the Super Bowl, huge football, you know, and. We're not even afraid of Animal Planet's puppy bowl. All on the same day. Okay, Mary, you, you do need to let me know if Hallmark are looking for, 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 for oh, yeah. any additional personnel to be involved in this. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll carry bags. Oh, yeah. I'll... Um, 
that's I'll press much buttons. What I do. I'll, yeah. She's simultaneously writing her resignation <laughs> letter to the tennis podcast <laughs> yeah. as we speak. Catherine Whitaker and it's Mary Kula. It's good Kuhler. to be busy. It's good yeah. to be busy. That's my attitude. It's good to be busy with puppies. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Uh, listen, we'll be back with Tennis Chat about what's gone on today in a little while. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So it's 10 to 1 in the morning now and the play still hasn't even finished and that's because Sam Query and Kevin Anderson are battling it out as I come to you. Uh, it looks like Kevin Anderson's about to take a two sets to one lead. 5-3 he is with 40-15 as I speak to you. And we've had a dramatic day of matches today. My goodness, there have been so many good ones, particularly on the uh, on the women's side. The, the, the two quarterfinals that were played, Sloane Stephens against uh, Anastasia Savastova, really, I mean, that was a, a heck of a contest between two very different types of player and Sevastova or Sevastova, whichever you want to use, she has such variety and, and spins and made things awkward. And yet Sloane Stevens still came back in front of her home crowd after all she's been through with her injuries to come back and reach only her second Grand Slam semi-final. So fantastic achievement from her. And then to find out that she will face across the net Venus Williams 20 years after she made her debut at the US Open when she reached the final against Martina Hingis. And here she is back in the semifinals. And she had to do it the hard way because she was up against Petra Kvitova. I think every match that they've ever played have has gone the distance. I think they've played six times now. They've all gone to three sets. All but one of them before tonight had been won by Kvitova and three of those she'd lost the first set and come back and won. So when she lost the first set tonight, I think we all probably expected the same would probably happen. She's the younger woman. Obviously, she's been through a terrible ordeal herself. But the whole match was just a triumph. The, the crowd 
atmosphere was fantastic and, and Venus Williams won it 7-6 in the third. So we've got Sloane Stevens against uh, uh, Venus Williams in the semi-finals. On the men's side, probably a pre- fairly predictable, as Mary and, and Catherine were saying earlier, pretty predictable, really. Pablo Carrena Buster beating Diego Schwartzman, who did, didn't look 100% fit, but you have to give Corinna Buster, huge credit that he's through to his first ever Grand Slam semi-final, and uh, it'll either be Query or Anderson, and it's looking like um, it's looking like Anderson at the moment. He's two sets to one up. Um, in the doubles, tough old day for Jamie Murray because uh, he and Bruno Suarez lost, uh, I think, two and one or one and two today to Roger and Takao. So not a good day for them. That was in the. Uh, and that was in the semi-finals, and then uh, there was uh, a victory after that for for Jamie Murray in the doubles alongside Martina Hingis, and they actually now play in the semis against Coco Vandeweghe, who's going to be um, playing in the singles quarters as well on uh, on Wednesday, um, and uh, to cow in that one as well. The weather we're told on Wednesday is going to be appalling. We've actually had a notice tonight saying that every other match on the outside courts, apart from, I think, three matches they've got in case they get some play. But effectively, they're saying it's all under the roof on Wednesday. That's it. You know, you've got they start at um, at 12 local times, so 5 UK, 5 p.m. UK with Coco Vanderway against Carolina Pliskova. That'll be under the roof. No questions asked. They, they're, they're just waiting for this bad weather to come in. Then it'll be Nadal up against uh, Andre Rublev. Uh, then the evening session is Madison Keys against Kaya Kanepi, who is somebody who hasn't had a lot of exposure so far. Um, and we haven't talked about her really on this show, but another wonderful comeback. I mean, she's ranked 400 and something in the world. She's had these f- foot problems, um, something t- that Jill Krabass, former player, was telling me is something on the sole of her feet that, m- that makes it really difficult to, to run. And she's got incredible sensitivity and pain on in that area of the foot she's had for the last uh, however long and and yet here she is she's beaten Daria Kasatkina in the previous round and she'll face Madison Keys who's had a, a surgery to to her wrist so um everybody's got a seems to have a, a pretty dramatic story to tell at the moment that match will be followed by Roger Federer against Juan Martin Del Potro we were obviously talking about that earlier so we got a cracking day in store something for everybody to look forward to i think uh thanks for your company i hope you enjoyed uh listening to mary carillo she is to my mind just about the best voice in tennis in in, in many ways she's just fearless she's fascinating she's funny and uh and it was an absolute privilege for us uh, to have her on the show so hope you enjoyed it uh we'll be back tomorrow with another one of these we'll speak to you then Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 